can hear talk rise among the crowd. The talk of those who had already known and those who had just learned. Even amidst the surreal nightmare, everyone still seemed to love a good gossip. It's fine, Tim. The stranger snagged a Bible out of one of the cubbies off the side of the pews and held it up into the air. As far as I know, no punishment too bad for you wandering dicks in these pages. His eyes dropped down to Annie, and his arms slowly followed till he was pointing the holy book right at her terrified face. Not too sure we were allowed to suffer the horror, though. The words had just barely left the stranger's lips when Annie suddenly collapsed. You can hear the thwack sound as her head struck the pew in front of her when she tumbled to the ground. Everyone was suddenly on their feet. Mr. Dandridge attempted to rush to Annie's side, but the stranger grabbed him by his collar and pulled him in close as if he was to give him a hug. Drag her out to the center of the aisle, if you could, please. The stranger had addressed those around her, and while they seemed uncomfortable doing so, they still followed his command. I understood that the pull that came from this man's voice was strong, like nothing I had ever heard. The men who were first attempting to help her now drug Annie's convulsing body into everyone's view, which was exactly what the stranger wanted her. She was laying nearly feet to feet with Mr. Margot's corpse when the men let her go, and I heard the stranger command them back to their seats, an order they carried out with equal morose expressions. Please, let me go. Let me help her. Tim was struggling against the stranger's grips, flailing his arms and legs, trying his best to wriggle free. Behind him, his wife was crying in her hands. We all just stared down at Annie as her tiny frame banged against the floor in seizures. No one came to her aid. We all just watched. Sometimes I wonder how much of that was the influence of the stranger, and how much of that was just our disturbing curiosity of what would happen next. It burns! And he screamed out, froth coming from the corners of her mouth. You could see her skin had gone flush red as she clawed at her Sunday dress with both hands. Help me! Please! The words had come between shouts of pure agony. The stranger tossed Mr. Dandridge back in his seat. Behind the cries for help, I could hear him order Tim to stay put like he was a dog. But I didn't dare take my eyes off of Annie. I wanted to help, but even if I had gotten up there, there was nothing I could do. The stranger got next to her and sat his jacket on the floor next to him. He had placed one hand on her forehead and rested the other on top of the Bible which he placed on top of her chest. Oh my, 
Oh, my dearie, dearie lord, the stranger suddenly shouted in his best southern rebel voice. This preacher is now sitting idly by while this girl is possessed. She is possessed by the forces of the devil himself. We are going to need to drive these serpents out. Good people, can I get an amen? The crowd stayed silent. Watching blood start to pour from the corners of Annie's mouth. She chewed right through her own tongue. I said, can I get a motherfucking amen? The stranger's voice grew so loud it nearly shook the walls. Half the crowd stood and spoke in a half-hearted amen response. The stranger cocked his head and raised his eyebrow, as if to say, Really? He then shrugged and continued his act. Be gone, demons! Be gone, foul corruptions from the pits of Hades! As he pressed her hands onto her convulsing frame more, she began to convulse more and more wildly. One of her dress shoes had flown off and her stockings foot began to bang wildly against the pews. Be gone, spawns of Satan. Serpent-tongued creatures most foul. She sprayed blood between her lips like a person trying to hold back a vomit. Those that sat closest to her recoiled as the mitts sprayed, but none of them rose to help. I cast thee out in the name of Jesus Christ. The stranger made a forceful press down onto the Bible, and even from where I was sitting a few rows away, I can hear her ribs crack and break. Tim just sat behind them. I saw him place his hands over his ears and lowered his head, not wanting to see what would happen next. She continued to shake, and her hands and feet slapped wildly against the floor as her mouth opened and something began to wriggle its way out. Snakes! One after the other, they seemed dredged in her blood and you could see her throat rise and fall as they conjured themselves from God knows where and slithered up her esophagus. There were six in total, and people shrieked and raised their feet up to the benches as they crawled around below us, their forked tongues lapping at the air. Annie's body suddenly stopped shaking, and the stranger his pale complexion, now dotted with blood, rose to his feet. He slid his jacket back on as everyone either watched for snakes or stared down at her now lifeless body, the lifeless body of the young clerk that now lay dead in the aisle. I guess that one was nothing but sin not left to stand when it was all exercised. The stranger sat slyly, looking creepily over 
pastor who had now fainted. The stranger retook his place on the pulpit. That's just one small example of the sin that rests amongst you. The stranger had returned to his sermon, now uncontested by anyone. The sickness is not your fault. It is passed down, inherited from a vain, obsessive, disgusting God who seeks your admiration but gives so little in return. I had noticed that the snakes had all set themselves below the stage. They reached up towards the stranger's voice. All around me, people were crying. Some had vomited, some grumbling under their voices. But none stood to challenge him. None stood to leave. In fact, none stood at all. It was the feeling of being pinned to your seats by restraints that you couldn't see. Are you, are you the devil? I heard one small voice say from one of the pews right behind me. His parents quickly grabbed him, shushing him. I had hoped the stranger hadn't heard, and not just for the boy's sake, but because I don't want to think of the answer. The stranger turned his crimson-stained face, though, and smiled that plastic smile as he jumped down off of the stage once more. There was a new jump in his step. Who asked that? He scanned the room, stopping his eyes on all of the children. Anyone, anyone at all, I'll tell you the answer just as soon as you tell me who you are. He stopped right at the row in front of me. The boy had now had his face buried in his father's sleeve. His mother's hand rested on his back. Please, sir, we, we don't need an answer. The father pleaded. Was it your son? The stranger reached out towards the father and smacked his hand away. But that wasn't enough. father's arm gently. Can you repeat the question? I do not believe everyone heard. Are you the devil? The little boy asked again. This time, new tears streaming from his eyes. Did you learn about the devil in Sunday school, little one? The stranger let go of the boy and returned walking up and down the aisle. The boy went back to crying into his stunned father's sleeve without offering an answer. Are you? I heard someone yell. 
They had broken free of the spell just long enough to act on their own will. Another shout followed with the same question on its lips. And then another, and then another, and another. Suddenly, I felt the question rising up from within me, not in my mind, but seemingly bubbling up from my stomach. With each time the question was barked out, I felt more of an urge to ask it myself. Are you the devil? The lying one? Are you the morning star? These questions weren't being asked by choice, however. Somehow, he was making us ask them, over and over again like a chorus. I shouted my own version of the question over and over again, everyone yelling and shouting, suddenly looking for answers. The stranger raised his hands high above his head as if he was involved in an old western stick-up, and then slowly lowered them with the flats of his palm facing down. A slow, intense shush came from between his teeth. A sound that no one should have been able to hear over all of the yelling, but everyone could. The room slowly tapered off in noise as his hands dropped till all the questions were silenced. The stranger spoke his next, but with a voice even less human than it had been previously. As if some sort of mask was started to slip away. Lucifer, that paunchy little bitch. A whiny cunt who couldn't handle that daddy loved a bunch of apes more than him. He laughed and stepped back towards the pulpit. He stepped over the pastor's body who was still passed out on the floor with the snakes circling around him and hopped back up onto the stage. Never throughout the whole of time of a god and man has there been a creature more worthless and petty than angels. And never has there been an angel more worthless and petty than Lucifer. The stranger spit on the stage and there was an animosity in his formerly plastic eyes. His bloodstained hands gripped the pulpit so tight that I thought he was going to snap the wood from the frame. Lucifer is the ultimate expression of my point. He's just another failure of a corrupt god who cares more about taking from those who worship him. A disgusting fallacy of a creator who just sit back and watches as his people damned to hell for their mistakes for the sin he heaps upon them at birth. The stranger lowered his head for a moment as if he was in deep thought. After a few seconds, he raised his arms and pointed a single finger 
at the father of the boy who had originally asked the question. And to quote Johnny Cash, God said to Abraham, kill me a son. He raised his head and that fake plastic smile had returned to his lips. Another gasp from the crowd had now risen as the father wrapped his hands around his son's throat and began to squeeze. You can see that the father's eyes were filled with protest, but his arms moved independently of his mind. His wife next to him started to scream and tried to push him off, but the man's grip was so tight. I could hear him pleading with his wife to stop him. She was suddenly raised from out of her seat and thrown across the church by some unseen force. You heard the sound of snapping bones as she struck the back wall behind her hard enough to leave a crack in the plaster. God said Abraham's bitch should stay the fuck out of it. The father kept going. Even when his son's face had turned blue, even when tears poured from both their eyes, even when the boy's body had went limp in his hands. Right there in front of the whole town, he killed his son. And all we did was sit and watch. All of us except the stranger who stood at the pulpit and laughed. Well, I think that I am done here. The stranger took his coat from the cross and slipped it on. He twirled his wide-brimmed hat in his blood-soaked palm for a second before placing it back on his head and jumping from the stage. He landed right in front of the pastor, who was finally waking up from his time on the floor. As the stranger's voice once again risen, he had stepped over the snakes who had began to strike at the pastor's flesh. Over and over again they struck. The pastor's screams of pain mixed with the wailings of those who'd suffered the loss that Sunday morning. The woman who had lost her husband, the man who had lost his mistress, and worst of all, the wailing, horrible cries of the man who had just killed his son. If the stranger's aim was to test the group's faith in God or break it, he had likely succeeded with most. You've all been great fun to debate with. He had paused and looked down as he reached the door. No, <laughs> actually, not really. He looked up towards the crowd again and smiled. None of you made a single good point. I could feel the weight of that had been placed on the room had slowly started to lift. It was as if the stranger was releasing his stranglehold on the room. 
he no longer needed a captive audience. He'd made his point. Or had his fun. In my head, the question swirled. And as the heavy wooden door cracked open, and the light of Sunday morning crept into the darkened atmosphere of the church, I found myself unable to hold back from something. What are you? I shouted towards the stranger as before he stepped through the door and out onto the steps. What are you? And why have you done this? The stranger had stopped and looked over his shoulder in my direction as if mocking me. His eyes looked like voids. When he was backlit by the sun and there was a genius, a madness on his face. I huffed out breaths as if standing and shouting was the greatest workout I had ever done. The feeling of the oppressive weight still lingering on my body. Meeting his gaze made me feel cold, down to my bones. I did this because I could. He turned halfway towards me, and it felt as if the whole world had vanished and made only the two of us. Just us two left standing in the void of darkness and emptiness. As what was, I'm unsure. All that I'm aware of was that it seemed as though that there was nothing there in his eyes. Just an empty void, darkened sockets. He straightened his jacket again and spun on his heels. At first it seemed as though he would ignore the other part of my question. The meat of the knowledge that I had wanted so badly and yet feared so terribly. Before the doors closed behind him and he vanished into the stitch, he left nothing more than the stench of death and the weight of guilt over our heads. For the rest of our lives, he gave me an answer so unsatisfying it made me wish he'd killed me along with the others. As for your question, his voice started to fade as he walked down the steps. Such a good, good question, he said, seeming to stop and think of a cryptic response. He snaps and glances to the sky and waves his hands behind him, pointing a single finger, as if he had some kind of moment of clarity. He takes a pause, 
your question, my dear God-fearing folk. The large doors closed behind him with a large crash. His voice left behind an eerie echo. I am whatever you think I am. My subscriber base tends to fluctuate uh, throughout the week. Usually, by the end of the week, I may end up losing one or two subscribers, but then after the podcast ends up releasing, I normally get them right back. If you are subscribed as of this point, please bear with me. I do release one podcast every week. I am, in fact, working on multiples, maybe two or three, depending on how my timing happens to go. Um, if you're not subscribed and you do like the content, please feel free to subscribe and share if possible. Drop me a comment or two and let me know how I'm doing. This is still a work in progress. I am in the process of ordering equipment so that I'm able to filter out background noise and bring you better content. Unfortunately, that requires money, and at this point, I'm kind of a little bit of um, stretched out for the time being. But bear with me, it is coming. Other than that, I thank you very much for your subscriptions, if you are subscribed. And overall, I thank you very much for listening. Even if no one subscribes, the fact that I have a good amount of people that actually listen to my podcast and enjoy my content is more than enough for me. So guys, thank you very much.